it's a purposeful expansion to fulfill what we hear consumers asking for in the marketplace. So at the end of the day, it's all about consumer centricity. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting to Turn. Today, we sit down with Fabrizio Zanzini, who is the president of the Beyond Beer Business Unit at Anheuser-Busch. Fabrizio, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I want to start with just talking a little bit more about your role and what you do at AB. Obviously, the company is known as a beer band, and your business is called Beyond Beer. So tell us about that. So if you allow me, I'd like just to give you an overview of who we are at the Beyond Beer company. In fact, how it fits the Anheuser-Busch context. So we established the Beyond Beer business unit around 2018. So it's not just a, a fad that we're trying to do now because everything's going. We've been into it for a while. And it's a purposeful, a purposeful expansion to fulfill what we hear consumers asking for in the marketplace. So at the end of the day, it's all about consumer centricity. So we're looking at consumers first and trying to look at what, what are the needs that our portfolio is not delivering or the needs that they don't even know they want, but we need to anticipate and provide. And there's a huge world out there outside of beers. Therefore, we got together within our strategic planning. It's a big part of our, uh, of our company strategy to source growth from the beyond beer segment. Therefore, we made we place the bet that is 100% aligned with our strategy. And the difference between what we do this at the Hauser-Busch is that we're able to leverage a bunch of capabilities already installed in the company with this ability and uh, obsession about building a winning portfolio. And the way that we organize our, our priorities, uh, commercial priorities within the Beyond Beer are winning in seltzer. We all know what's going on, the disruption in the industry. Investing big to win in wine and spirits, working to disrupt the category with convenience and quality. So putting quality in the convenience and, and using what we have best, which is distribution. And in malted-based beverages, excluding seltzer, there's a world there as well, and sourcing of the opportunity in the non-alcohol business. This is how the Beyond Beer business unit is set up, how it fits the overall Anheuser Bush strategy, and how, how we are looking to our priorities, putting consumer needs first. So when you think about those uh, kind of three different segments that you guys are going after, how did you build and structure your team to reach those goals? So um, I think it all starts with the strategy, right? Because um, the, the structure must follow, follow your strategy. So our strategy is, is in the Beyond Beer is building three main pillars. So we talk about build a winning portfolio, build a replicable model and, and exploit the capabilities that we have and build the ones we don't and lead category growth. So the whole team is, and it's supported by five very simple enablers, which are um, dream people coaches who are pulling people first, data analytics and uh, consumer insights, partnerships, regional approach, and operational efficiency. So the team is organized to support the strategy. And as I told you, the four priorities are the four subdivisions of the building uh, winning portfolio. So seltzers. One, wine and spirits. Two, malt-based beverages. Three, and the, the non-alc, four. And with this structure, we're able to leverage uh, the strengths and capabilities that we have internally already built, and we focus on building the ones that we don't have. And that's it. In a nutshell, this is it. 
And so as you relate to that, uh, you know, when you think about CPG brands like AB and Beyond Beer, how are you having to rethink your business strategies to meet consumer demand as categories change? Yeah, it's a, that, that's awesome because uh, Beyond Beer ranges all the way from, from water to whiskey. Right? So you can, you can be in a very broad spectrum. So um, as I told you, uh, once we have our strategy well set and we have our priorities well set, it's our obligation to be 10 times more agile than ever before in the capability of testing, learning, adapting, and being fast into what we're going. I think that the, 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 the new CPG world needs to evolve big time, and I have the responsibility to lead the way in, in a Hauser-Busch when it comes to agility. We, we installed um, a few years ago when I was under the, when I was heading, when I was a chief strategy officer here for, for a Hauser-Busch, my previous role, uh, something that we called uh, the Apollo 11, which is uh, somewhat a company within the company that is dedicated of testing new innovations before they go to market only. So, um, and, and what does that mean? We have a methodology to build a product from ideation to market in 100 days and test in eight weeks with standard KPI so we can tell if this has run, to, has room to grow or not. And with this, we evolved big time and revamped the whole innovation platform of the company, which I today uh, use a lot to push our strategy forward. So in that, you talked about the incubation of ideas and coming out with new ones. You know, one of the things I think is really interesting with Beyond Beer is you've mixed acquisitions, you've mixed launches yourself, you mix investments, and you've mixed in even innovations on existing brands. How do you think about that mix of an innovation portfolio? At the end of the day, um, there are ways to build your portfolio. You can build them organically. You can build a VMNA fully inorganically. Or you could look around partnerships on, on, on leveraging what you have as a strength versus what other people in the market have as strength. And uh, if innovation is at the core of what we want to do, we believe that there are companies that have somewhat the same DNA out there that we can work with to get there. Being on the full MA side, like we did with Cutwater and Babe and back in the days with Kombrucha, being on, on partnerships with companies to develop, to bring new solutions to the market under a co-ownership. But at the end of the day, innovation is really at the core of our strategy, rooted on deep understanding on trends and, um, and feeling what, what consumers are, are, tell, are hinting us that they want to get. So... Building this portfolio has been a lot of fun, I can tell you. So you mentioned the word trends in there. And, you know, especially in CPG, there's a fine line between trends and fads, one of which you want to build brands around, one of which you probably want to avoid. How's your team really identify what's going to be a lasting trend that you need to be early on versus maybe something that's a blip in the radar? It's an amazing question. As I told you, it ranges from water to whiskey. And if I would listen to everybody that comes and says that they have the, the next billion-dollar solution, I think I would be out of job already for a while. So what we try to do is, as you said, is a combination between what we see as facts, how we, trans how we understand that those facts became trends, and how some of these trends can be transformed into a portfolio gap that therefore we might need a solution. And some of the some of the ways that we do this 
is first we have um, we have an obsession about consumers who listen to consumers both via social listening and both via uh, an online panel that we have that has that we talk to nearly seven thousand consumers on a daily basis and with some AI behind some some machine learning you can translate some of those conversations into into data to see if something shows up. Then we have the, the traditional uh, retailer side on syndicated data, see if something's showing up, if there's a flag, someone that we should, something that we should be observing. And then there's something that is gold for us, which is the interaction that we have with our wholesalers. So um, the wholesaler network at ABI is, is, is somewhat part of the company, is a family. So we, the proximity that we have with them, that they are day in, day out in the market, that you cannot be in all markets all the time. But our network are almost 600 wholesalers. They are. So having a close relationship with them also helps us um, first to identify some of these trends or to confirm some of those that we are seeing from the, from the consumer and retailer listening side. So you've mentioned a few times that you've got this amazing portfolio that is water to whiskey. So pretty broad range, to say the least. But when I look at how you described, you had three segments, a very broad one of spirits and wine, a very broad one of that, you know, alternative new new space. But then you had a single form factor in seltzer. Why do you believe seltzer has become such a dominant form that it it's a singular focus of one of those three strategies? I think that seltzer, uh, it 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 tapped on, it, it did this job very well of understanding a need, coming up with a solution that consumers didn't even know they wanted. So uh, it follows some of the trends that we see in the market on health and wellness, premiumization, and trade up. So it's it sourced. It's not sourcing from beer only. In fact, it's being incremental to beer. And it's sourcing from other categories. So I think that seltzer, and we had that conversation with our wholesalers a couple of years ago saying, hey, what, what do we do with this? So is this going to be a fad or is this going to be a, a, a new light beer, if you, if you think about it? And uh, we, we prepared for scenario two, thanks God, a uh, reason why we are here. So it's all about how, how, it, how it connects with, with, consumer, with consumer needs. The decision that we take that we took to approach that was a portfolio decision, right? So I think that it's as we see, uh, we learn more about the seltzer consumer. We learned that the seltzer consumer it's an infrequent buyer. That is a is a, it's more of incremental to category. So browsers more. So there's a there's an opportunity to offer different solutions within seltzer, which is what we are. What we are shooting for with, uh, give you a few examples. So Bon Viv, a more upscale female oriented with some, with some stats that are different than Social Club, that is more f- flavor forward with hiring alcohol, t- targeting more male, um, a male target. And what we're coming with, Michela Bolter, which is what one of the things we describe, what's the next or the beyond seltzer, with even better stats and um, USD organic seal. So I think that there is, um, answering your question, there is, there is seltzer fulfills a need with a clear bang on proposition. The next step, there will be seltzer for everybody. And this is what we're betting on. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. 
Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. When you think about your portfolio of Beyond Beer, you have brands like Social Club and Bon and Viv that are your brands, your social, uh, you know, seltzer brands. But then you have the seltzer form factor that's being launched by maybe some of the the broader brands of AB. How do you think about that balance between the two? Yeah, I think that's, again, um, there will be a space for, as seltzer is our first priority. The first thing we did was how do we how do we understand consumers and how do we understand what they already know about it, what they don't know about it, what they know about beverages as a whole, what they don't know about beverages as a whole. So um, leveraging the, the beer the beer brands, I think we were the first ones to do that, but we had some some folks following afterwards. Give somewhat the the, the credentials for whoever was not in the category to get into the category via a brand they knew. And we also have a portfolio being developed and nurtured or of brands that are pure players there. And again, as I told you, there's always the beyond seltzer game, which is, okay, what else do we bring? Not only from a brand side, but from what's in the product side. So I'll give you the example of, of Bon Viv, Social Club, and Club Ultra. But, um, for example, why not offer uh, a solution that is a pure, real vodka-based, same, same type of solution with cut water, for example, that then, then, then we would get into another channel with a, with a different product. But uh, I think that we are, we are opening the consumer needs first and then closing one by one. So, you know, when you think about your portfolio, you're, you're disrupting and breaking through in a lot of different spaces. How do you think about the non-alcoholic space, given the moves you've made with Kombucha and uh, Super Coffee and others? Yeah, the non-alcoholic space for us in, in, the, in, the, in the, um, the strategic approach is our fourth priority because I always do strategy in one way, which is a crossroad of what is the size of the opportunity versus um, our ability to win. And our ability to win begins with portfolio. So the first thing we do is how do we look into the non-alc business and separate what what is interesting to to work with, what it's something that we most likely will never have a winning ability, and slice that down into pieces. And then second is how do we start building a portfolio on it? And this is a this is a game that we need to understand also that our capabilities are set to sell beer. And the world of selling beer in, in the United States is very different from a legal perspective, from a wholesaler tier perspective, from any type of e-commerce perspective that you can put out there. So one of the reasons why we are heavier in partnerships there is because not only it brings the portfolio, but it brings knowledge and brings capability. And then within the areas that we that we understood that there is growth that we can participate 
that there is projected growth such as energy ready to drink uh, coffee. We are seeking actively for these partnerships and two that, that we are that we are or three that we are where we bought highball the first energy seltzer out there which is doing super well in, in, in the West Coast. We partnered with Ghost, a supplements company, a lifestyle supplements company, to launch the, the functional energy drink starting GNC this year and expanding next year. And we partnered with Super Coffee in a distribution agreement. So I think that from all those, we are learning as we build the portfolio. So when you think about the, the changes over the last uh, you know, seven months, COVID and everything else has caused a lot of changes in the industries where you play. Starting first, you mentioned e-commerce. How is Beyond Beer thinking about the role of e-commerce in an industry that traditionally has been a bit of a laggard in it? Yeah. So gladly, <laughs> um, gladly, I, I also did the e-commerce uh, for, for Hauser-Busch. And it's it has to do with some of my past experience in the company when my, before coming to the U.S., I was in China for seven years, and I have this balance of always working in strategy and startups and turnarounds in my 20 years in the company in four different zones, uh, in Latin America, Europe, Asia, and now in North America. And some of the things I learned big time in, as we started up, and I was head of e-commerce as well in China, was the consumer behavior. Once it's there, it's there. And in, in, in the US, the channel was not overdeveloped by um, many reasons. And what we saw with COVID was an acceleration of some of those restrictions that it would happen anyways. The good thing about it is that, that we started preparing much earlier, pre-COVID, so we were getting our, our stuff together, trying to understand how would, um, how would selling beer online work or selling alcohol online if you extend it right, to the Beyond Beer. Uh, and when COVID hit, what happened was a huge acceleration of the consumer behavior of trends that I have, I, I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. What we see in the numbers is that the numbers, they, they, they had a step change and they held flat after COVID. So. Thanks God we started earlier and uh, we went from uh, from a lot of no's internal and external that we we got to positions today that we we, we lead the um, at least on the on the share of of uh, of beer in the e-commerce side and we we intend to keep that position moving forward. And you know when you look at e-commerce has been one step change. You know, the other has been the the hurt that's come with experiential. You know, tap rooms and bars and restaurants have, you know, obviously struggled quite a bit because of constraints. What do you think it's going to take for that side of the industry to bounce back? Yeah, um, <laughs> a vaccine maybe. <laughs> but um, jokes aside, I think that. A lot of a lot of this in home is here to stay. Uh, a lot of the the reinvention of entertainment is here to stay, and with that comes a reinvention of how brands talk to consumers, how how you interact, and how the experiences that you will be a part of, or the, the experiences that your brands will be a part of, will have to evolve. 
And um, and this is where I think that we have been doing an amazing job with these two areas, okay? The, the innovation, how fast and lean we are to bring things to market, change on the go and so on, as listening to consumers, connecting and telling them stories in a, in a I can't say in a non-old traditional way because it's becoming traditional nowadays, right? But uh, it's it's how you how you become meaningful in the conversation. Therefore, part of the experience, and this is this has been a big chunk of our of our job in the in marketing overall in the company. But in the Beyond Beer, given that we have brands like Babe that were born digital, uh, we can we can be we can be ahead of the time. So then, you know, related to that is you have all these changes and things that you've mentioned are here to stay. How are you evolving, taking these evolving consumer preferences and applying that to the Beyond Beer portfolio? Again, the, the definition of the strategy and the strategic priorities has all this baked in. So it's not a, it's not a snapshot of, of, of something. Is what we see roaming based on profile of consumer, consumer behaviors, what they're searching for. So when we put this all in a, in a melting pot and distill, okay, so consumers are looking for convenience. Consumers are looking for premiumization. Consumers are looking for health and wellness. So how do we work around with this? Understand what we what we don't want to do because it's super important as well. And once we understand what we do, we go all in on building that portfolio, building the capabilities. Therefore, leading to 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 growth. Um, I think it's it's the only way. It's it's how your your strategy has to be anchored. On, on the on priorities that are built based what what you're seeing and and and, and learning from consumers on, on a daily basis. However, it's important that this is not stagnant, that you're not connected to it, like you're not glued to it. Because yeah. the overall, the overarching idea will be there, but the manifestations might change at a much faster speed. Therefore, agility on listening, the agility on acting is very important as well. Well, that is a wonderful place, I think, to uh, to end the conversation. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share more about Beyond Beer and the amazing brands that you are leading today. So thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com. <laughs>